0: Quints. It's going to be hard to beat out Boy and Blue.
1: 50 Randy I don't want to spread my love out. I can't be giving a lot of love. 50 Randy
2: the title didn't need to be that long.
1: We watch
0: movies so you don't have
2: to. Cage Talk.
0: Welcome to 50 Randy Quades a movie review podcast. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. I'm super humble and you know it. It's ya boy, Jackie B. And with me, my co-host, as always.
2: JT Shit turd money.
0: And with us for season seven, the Fifty Club, our super returning guest.
1: Johnny complaint withdrawn spade.
2: Okay, let's just be clear, right off the bat here. No spoilers, though. This is not a member of the 50 Club. This is an obligatory cage watch. And and Chuck's about to call this a cage classic, as he always does. I'm immediately going to refute that before it happens, just to get that out of the way right now.
0: I just wanted to come out and say that this is hashtag cage talk edition and the 131st episode.
2: But more amazing to me, the 54th edition of Cage Talk.
0: Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call,
2: Nolens. Title didn't need to be that long. New Orleans was barely even important to the story.
0: And that's not the only thing about length in this movie that could have been shortened.
2: Those iguanas were way too long. Like time. Oh yeah, it's time, not iguanas, you're right.
0: Oh, but yeah, we, you know, we watched Bad Lieutenant would have called New Orleans and it was like JT Money said the 54th Nicholas Cage classic
2: no I did not say it was a cage classic I said you were going to say that which you did
0: if you have any questions or comments y'all can just head on over to 50 and leave us a little comment you hear yeah
2: yeah so for the first time in history That I've noticed, at least, you put down on the sheet and you can let us know what the fuck is up. But you also didn't say it this time.
0: Yeah, because I was getting into my nylons.
2: Okay, yeah, no, you're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, am as great as all the actors
0: in this this movie.
2: I've got a question for you, uh, but I'm not going to go to the website to do it because I'm on the podcast, so I can just ask it now. (laughs) Do fish have dreams?
0: I don't know, that was a pretty pointless scene, though, huh?
2: I feel like it it echoed back to Rumblefish, except Rumblefish, upon later viewings, I enjoyed much more. I don't know if I'll enjoy this one much more on later viewings, but enough about the fish for now. And you're right, that is isn't a spoiler at all. And the tagline for this movie? Can I say it? Because I'm mad about that, too. Yeah, sure. The only criminal he can't catch is himself. That's only a poignant tagline if he's trying to catch himself, which he fucking never is. He is... He knows he's right all the way down the line To smoke and crack with someone he's trying to bust He thinks that's a great idea And you know what? It ends up being a good idea Which is what fucking blows my mind about this movie This cop's like, yeah, I'm the bad lieutenant I'm gonna smoke crack to frame up a guy who murdered some people So it's not a frame up, but it's still And that's gonna work And there's gonna be this whole Sorry, sorry, I'm doing spoilers. You're
0: doing a ton of spoilers. Maybe this
2: director was
1: actually a genius now that you're spitting all this stuff out.
0: For our lovely listeners, even get to hear the trailer for Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans.
2: Hold on, since I'm still going, let me, Johnny Spade, real quick, though. This director is a genius for things that he's done outside of this. I'm just not sure. You're right. Maybe when I'm done talking about this, after we get back from the trailer, maybe I'll have reconsidered my stance. I don't know what else he's done.
0: I can tell you one movie that he's definitely done.
2: (laughs) Bad Lieutenant,
0: Port of Call,
2: Nolens. You got to stop saying it like that.
0: (laughs) Here's the trailer for (laughs) Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Nolens. <gasps> Who's that? Please, get me out of here. You want me to get wet on account of you? Hey, man, I got on Swiss cotton underpants. I'm gonna drown, sir. Come on, we'll get the time of death from on Please! Come on, man. He ain't worth
1: it. You are crazy. Come on.
2: <laughs> Okay. The good news Terrence, is i'll okay you to return to full duty the bad news is that you'll be experiencing moderate to severe back pain
1: recognition of his leadership and tenacity lieutenant terence McDonough. this is what we're looking for name is donald godshaw
0: you up to this why wouldn't i be I still have problems with your back Take medication for? It. Only what the doctor prescribes. <sighs> you got any illegal substances on you? Oh, famous
1: day. Who are you? I'm Dave. The guy you robbed.
0: To make it right, you gotta come up with 50000 dollars let me look for you, Terrence. You mind stepping outside? I'd like to talk to you. I'm gonna give you a chance to make some money, the
2: old-fashioned way, With the cop protecting you.
1: you a crazy
2: motherfucker. But... <laughs> <laughs> I took you to a place. It's amazing how much you can
1: get
0: done when you've got a simple purpose guiding you through life. my on! Stand against the wall. You empty your pockets, dump out the handbag. You want a hat? Yes. Where the sun what are these iguanas doing on my coffee table? Yeah, they ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. There ain't no iguana. Where's the fifteen thousand? Put that gun away. Kill all of you. <laughs> to the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> you know the people are friendly there.
1: Do you think these guys care you're a cop?
0: Shoot him again. What fool? His soul's still dancing. <laughs> And we are back On the streets of (laughs) Knowledge And if you're new to the show Let me be the first to say LOL, lots of love
2: So much So much love
0: Yeah, you know, because you gotta give it To get it, and then you got it
2: And then it's all good
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, you know that's right Don't you, Johnny Spade? Why not LBOL? Little bit of love (laughs)
2: Nah, well, you it's gotta, gotta be lots. <laughs> yeah, no, but I can respect LBOL as well, because sometimes you ain't got a lot to give. Sometimes you only got a little.
0: You know what? When you give a little, remember, you got a little bit more. You can just give that, too.
1: If I want to spread my love out, I can't be giving a lot of love. I got to get a little bit here, and a little bit there, and a little bit over there.
0: I just give as much love as I possibly can. Maybe it's a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit, a little bit more than they need, but it makes their day.
2: Well... As you can tell here at 50 Randy Quage, hashtag Cage Talk Edition, we talk about everything, period, and definitely everything Nicolas Cage.
0: Or at least we mean to.
2: And just like I said
0: earlier, you know, we're humble.
2: <clears throat> no, he is. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's greedy, JT buddy.
2: No, that doesn't. I don't have to be the opposite of something I don't. Like I claim to not be, I don't have to. Just I'm not humble doesn't mean I'm greedy. I'm not even sure that's the opposite of humble anyway. He's
0: super greedy, JT buddy. I mean, it's in his name. He I'm, wants all you the can him,
2: You can tell I'm worked up today.
0: I'm too humble, Chucky B. And what about Spade? I'm greedy because I just want to give, give a little bit of love. <laughs> I don't want to give, give a lot of. <laughs> well, we got another greedy guy in Johnny Spade, and you know we give you. A warning, usually before the spoilers. Usually, J.C. Money was dropping them earlier because he was greedy. He didn't care about anything that you were thinking or wanting to know about.
2: No, I've had a decent amount of cold brew coffee today, and I'm vibrating at, at the moment, so I'm just a little worked up. I'm sorry.
0: And we all did just watch Bad Lieutenant: Port of Call New Orleans.
2: <laughs> you could work anyone up into a lather. Yeah, yeah. So
0: we're gonna give you a little. A little warning here in three seconds And then from then on out Spoilers bound They're going to happen You're going to get them
2: Three Two
0: One
2: I mean it's right in the title Nick Cage is a bad lieutenant And he's in <laughs> New Orleans um, He does a lot more drugs than I thought he was going to do
0: All the time
2: He doesn't stop doing drugs From the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie He's just doing drugs like lots and lots and lots of drugs. Look, like we just started snorting coke at a crime scene before he goes in. I'm like, "Oh, okay.
0: All right." And that's like the second scene of the movie.
2: Bro, this movie just like kicks in and it's like, "All right, here we go. Boom, let's go." Things are just happening now. Oh, he fucked his spine up jumping into this water. Oh, and and
0: you'd think that it would actually, like, come back to haunt him, right? All these bad things that he does. But no, everything right there at the end wraps up, like, perfectly for him in one scene.
1: Now,
2: my question... How did he fuck up his
1: back? Like, he jumps in the water... And then that's all that happens. Like,
2: well, they show like my guess is that the water, or whatever he jumped in, was shallow. But from how Chavez was in the cell,
1: yeah, he says he saved his life. So how did he get him out of there if he fucking fucked up his back?
2: Well, I think he fucked it up real bad. Like, I don't think he had to have surgery. They didn't make it seem like he had to have surgery. He just like compressed it and fucked it up, and then he got put on pain pills. Was he was he all addicted to shit before this thing? Like, I feel like he was. Oh, yeah, they made it seem like they were already
0: shitty cops from the beginning.
2: Yeah, like, he had already been getting all that shit from... He would like, already been a
0: gambling addict, for sure. Oh,
2: no doubt about it. And he, they showed, like, with his dad, like, he came from an addictive family as well. Because his dad was a cop who was also a hardcore alcoholic.
0: Yeah. He even said earlier in the movie, he's like, oh, yeah, he's dr- drinking himself to death.
2: Well, oh, and his lady, Love, is a huge fucking drug addict, too. Just, yeah, he, it's all fucked up. But he's all fucked up, and he... It's just, I didn't i didn't realize, we'll get to it. Let's get to the numbers. Let's get to the, what's happening.
0: Well, here. yeah, this movie, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Nolans, is a crime drama, and it's rated R, obviously, for copious amounts of drug use and language throughout some violence and sexuality.
2: Yeah, pretty minimal violence, some pretty gruesome but not detailed crime scenes and murders, too, but, like, nothing over the top in terms of gore.
0: No, no, I will agree with you there. I mean, like, there are some children murdered, but we don't see it.
2: We don't see them get murdered. That's good.
0: And this movie debuted at number 22, bringing in $245,398 in its opening weekend. And that being November 20th, 2009. That sounds about right. But it was up against some mighty powerful titans of the industry wouldn't you agree spade we were joking about this before play one of those movies the other one's not really the
2: blind side was a huge fucking deal that was like the, the drama was the drama with sandra bullock about like the blind football player or some shit i've never no, seen he's, it no
0: the, he plays the like <laughs> the left tackle or something he plays like a tackle position because he's covering the quarterback's blind side
2: perfect but it was a big deal when it came out. There's evidence by how much money it fucking made here as a drama. That's a lot. Well, it
0: was based on a true story. I don't fucking care. Like
1: What's Planet I don't 51? Care. It's an animated movie. That sounds like it. That
2: one I've never heard of.
0: I looked up some of these movies actually before just because I wanted to know what they were. Well, 2012 like,
2: was that apocalyptic one, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I actually liked that movie.
2: Never saw it. looks like turds.
0: So number one was Twilight New Moon one hundred and forty-two point eight million dollars, monster, and its yeah. opening weekend. Yeah, that's big. What the
2: fuck? Well, was that the third or the fourth one at that point? I don't know. I've never seen any of those either. But that's definitely. I don't know. I have no idea. It's definitely not the first one. No. <laughs> so it had a fan base that was pretty well established at that point.
0: Well, and I think aren't they like based on books too? Oh, yeah. Well, they always had the so fan it's got base. that. Yeah. It's got that fan base too. As well, well, I think the
2: first movie fucking probably did insane business and then
0: like like you're saying blindside brought in 34.1 million dollars brand new this weekend
2: that's one of those movies that gets like referenced on every tv show at the time because it's such a big deal pretty sure the office has a joke about the blindside in it at some point
0: they might have
2: i mean i don't know for sure i might be confusing with another show but
0: uh, and then you said 2012 at number three spot for $26.4 million in the second week. I don't think I saw that in theaters, but I definitely, I think I own it. I know I've seen it multiple times. I liked it. Seen it I haven't seen Planet 51, but I do know that it's an animated movie. It's the number four movie in the top five at $12.2 million. Brand new, just eking out A Christmas Carol. Not the one starring Nick Cage, but the one starring Jim Carrey.
2: Haven't seen that one. I, yeah, haven't, I haven't seen
0: that either.
2: I've unfortunately seen the Nicolas Cage one, though.
0: Yes, yes, we did definitely see that one. I watched up Muppet Christmas Carol earlier in the year.
2: All time great.
0: I already, without seeing it, already can say it's better than the Nick Cage one.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm a Nick Cage Mark.
2: You could be a Nick Cage Mark and still recognize when something's a piece of shit. It's not hard to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard to beat out Boy in Blue.
2: This doesn't do it, but...
0: No, Boy in Blue was longer.
2: So talk to me about how terrible this movie did money-wise.
0: Okay, so on an estimated budget of $25 million, Nicolas Cage has been able to produce some really big money-making movies. Unfortunately, this is just not one of those movies because domestically, this movie brought in $1.7 million brand new and that's why it's down at number 22 on the debut list also this movie just wasn't
2: good I think it's a bad time of year for this movie to come out too around the Christmas time like who wants to go watch a story like this during the fucking holidays unless it's that big kind of blockbuster 2012 sort of thing where you're gonna get that fucking visual like oh shit the world's exploding this doesn't offer that this has cool snakes slithering around in water but it doesn't get a whole lot more like crazy visually than that. Well, yeah, it they pretend like it does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do that, but it's not good. Uh and then this movie definitely bounced back a little bit on the uh the foreign numbers at 8.9 million dollars bringing it to a grand total of 10.6. So we're losing still over 14 million dollars on this movie. So this movie just is not it didn't do good. It wasn't good, and I just I don't understand a lot about it. So, who all starred in this uh, movie besides the One True guy, Nicholas Cage, who did play Terrence
2: McDowell? You don't want to. T- you don't want to talk Dunham? about who who wrote and directed it first? No, no, because they're unnecessary. Okay, well I'm gonna stop you right there because <laughs> it just needs to be said. We have writer Billy Finkelstein. And director Werner Herzog.
0: Yeah, BM BM Finkel.
2: BM Finkelstein and Werner Herzog. And yeah, then Nicolas is Terrence McDonough.
0: What what movies did this uh acclaimed? I'm director... not even I'm
2: not even going to spend time trying to establish any sort of baseline for him, because you don't really fucking care. So it's not <laughs> worth it. It's not worth it. He did a really good version of Nosferatu. In like 1979 that I really liked but let's just leave it at that and move on to the to the cast here I didn't know Ava Mendez was in this and I so is this fucking... the second
0: time Nicolas Cage has uh been portrayed to be able to score with Eva Mendez what was the first one uh you know what that might have been a different person
2: I don't think they've worked together although I could be mistaken we've watched 54 in the cage movies.
0: What was that movie? Are you thinking of We Are the Night? Where he could like where he could like dodge the the bullets really crazy
2: good. Oh, Limitless? No, that's the Bradley Cooper movie.
0: <laughs> Knowing or No, no, that no, was... no, that was the like aliens or something That was the kid movie shit. with aliens. Yeah. Ah, what was that one with the
2: I uh, can I can't, I can't
0: was it next?
2: It was next. Was, was... that Eva Mendez? Oh, I don't fucking remember, dog.
0: No, it was that girl from 7th heaven, I bet. Jessica Biel? Yeah, it was her, right?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, it yeah. was Jessica Biel. Damn, sure. this
0: whole movie I thought Eva Mendez was in that movie. No,
2: but anyway, I love I love Eva Mendez and she shows up here as Frankie Donenfield very unbelievably like in love with Nick Cage. Not buying it. <laughs> I'm not that's buying smoke it.
0: show. Total smoke show. I think show. that's why I immediately thought she was in that movie too, because I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be another one that JT's gonna be like, I can't buy this woman's in love with Nick Cage."
2: I'm not buying it, even with the drug use, independence, and all that. Like, I just wasn't. They did a better job of selling them to me in this movie because uh, I ended up buying into it eventually. Because they're both scumbags. I don't know if it's fair to call Frankie a scumbag. She's an addict for sure, but I don't think she does anything scumbag. Yeah, I guess we don't really. On her own. She's not the one who started the shit with the rich guy who beat the shit out of her. She was just going to let it go and be like, I got paid. I'm just going to shut up. Not going to call." It was Nick Cage who was like, fuck you, dude. I'm taking $10,000. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was such a good scene. He's like, oh, you don't even know who the fuck you're fucking with. Oh, yeah. He opens the door
1: back up so he can say,
2: oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it made me laugh. Then we got Val Kilmer, like we mentioned earlier, showing up on the scene as one of Cage's... Partners in the field he's the one who has Ridiculous looking fake hair in this movie
0: Yeah the, all the hair Looks bad
2: I'm pretty sure that was Cage's Real hair and there's dyed for sure But I don't think he had a piece on he was, carri- that brings us he was to... carrying a piece in front of his piece the whole oh, movie. A I gi-
0: wrote that down. A gigantic Where gun the fuck is his holster?
2: Constantly tucked into his fucking waistband. Yeah, shoot
0: his dick off. <laughs>
2: Especially when like, he's hallucinating on so many drugs all the time. How does he know whether it's cocked, locked, loaded, at safety? Like He's got no clue.
0: That brings us to Exhibit playing Big Fate.
2: So when they showed his mugshot, because I didn't look at the cast list beforehand, so I didn't know who was in it. They showed like a quick mugshot of Fate and his boys or whatever, and I was like, dude, that guy looked exactly like Exhibit. That's wild as hell. Then later he shows up, he comes in in this fucking fly suit, and he's turning himself into this lawyer. And I'm like, that fucking is Exhibit. You gotta be kidding me right now.
0: (laughs) And then uh, Farooza Balk is Heidi. Very bit role. Yes, very bit role, but I recognize the name Jennifer Coolidge. Oh yeah, is uh Genevieve?
2: Genevieve.
0: Genevieve, that's close.
2: I like her a lot. Who was that?
0: Stifler's mom. Oh, I was gonna
1: say, was that Stifler's mom?
2: (laughs) Yes, I know her from comedies. Usually not from this one. She showed up as a fucking like alcoholic stepmom to Nick Cage. I was like, what? (laughs) That's his stepmom.
1: She'll forever be known as Stifler's mom. I see. I know she her. went like Academy Awards and people would say like, you're Stifler's mom.
2: I think about her because I knew her from other shit besides American pies. So like, I think about other shit equally. But the first thing I thought here was definitely, oh, these guys are going to think this. They're going to go, oh, shit, Stifler's mom's in this.
0: I've seen her in other things, but she is always Stifler's mom.
2: Then I was surprised. I'm skipping over one here because I don't know who the fuck that is. I was surprised to see Michael Shannon pop up as Munt
0: in a very bit role. Yeah,
2: I guess this is before he broke. This is back in 2009,
0: but it, like, oh, I I really do like Michael Shannon. A lot, so though. do
2: I. So when I saw it's the second time he's been in the Cage movie because remember he was in 911 too. Yeah, 911
0: too. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Denzel Whitaker, Daryl. Who the fuck is that? It was the the kid. The the kid that ends up fleeing and going to yeah, but no, who
2: the fuck is that you your usual guideline is whether or not i recognize the name
0: i don't know i was i was gonna ask is that forrest whitaker's son okay
2: so you picked his name so that you could ask if it was you could have just clicked his name and found out <laughs> i didn't think about that i honestly don't know
0: i'm gonna say yeah all right, Johnny Spade says yes. Perfect you heard it right here. I am
2: really glad you put down Armand Benoit, as Sean Hattesey because I could not think of that dude's name for the life of me, and I also refused to click a few buttons and find out. Is that the other dude from Boardwalk? Or is that somebody else? He was the other cop.
0: He was, yeah, he was one of the. He was the cop. I put him down because his character's last name was Benoit. When
2: he comes in and he's like, "Yo, bro, go back to the crime scene at Jefferson. You're going to find a crack pipe that's going to give you all the answers." The guy he goes and talks to is Sean Hattesey
0: All right, then we, of course, have the IMDb breakdown. Terrence McDonald is a drug drug and gambling adult detective in post-Katrina, New Orleans, Orleans, and he's investigating the killing of five Sensagese immigrants.
2: Sensagese? There's not even a T in there.
0: Senegalese. Senegalese. Senegalese immigrants.
2: Not even a T to be seen.
0: That's how we do.
2: You usually don't add letters to words.
0: I usually... Do whatever. I can't read. That's the Australian language, mate. Yeah,
2: That's the Australian language. I can't
0: help it if my accent sends me in different directions.
2: Well, you also had to stop it to go back and say New Orleans in a dumbass way before you kept reading.
0: Nollins, <laughs> <laughs> Nollins.
2: You got to say it like it's got an apostrophe in
0: there. Violin and Nolens.
2: I'm not going to say it in a way that like makes me sound like I'm a tryhard, though. And Saying Nollins like that like doesn't feel right. So I'll just make sure I say New Orleans and not New Orleans. And I think I'm doing just fine. I think I'm doing just fine.
0: All right, so here's where we get into the meat and potatoes of this movie. So I just want to point out that for
2: no reason, I feel this movie opens and ends with this Chavez character what I was trying to think of is there a reason why is there a redemption angle there for Nick Cage's character and I feel you're left with a big question mark as to whether there is or there isn't I personally think Nick Cage is going to keep running his life into the fucking ground like this even after running into Chavez whose life he apparently saved you Now Chavez is clean and sober and doing his thing like Ultimately, I don't know. It, the bookend of the Chavez thing was weird to me because it didn't feel like it mattered to Nick Cage's character. Maybe that was the point.
0: It didn't really seem to matter at all, except for like the only thing that I can really get from it is, like, all right, because this Chavez guy is there, that's what leads to his back injury, which leads to him being in this motel room at the end of the movie with a big bag of drugs, whether it's cocaine, crushed up pills or heroin because he'd been doing multiple different drugs throughout the entirety of this movie
2: yeah yeah he just
0: had a big fucking bag of powder and so i don't know what the fuck it is but he's just sitting there doing drugs when like someone knocks on the door and just like i guess i'm gonna let this person in or they just let themselves in like because the guy worked there it was
2: room service
0: yeah because i didn't order anything
2: well, anyway, so it does start at the beginning, Val Kilmer and Nick Cage, and again, I was like, wait, Val Kilmer? What? What are you doing in this fucking movie? Is Nick Cage a sidekick? What's happening here? And they're talking shit, and they're telling this guy he's a worthless turd shit, and a scumbag, and he's locked in, and then Nick Cage is like, I don't want to ruin my $55 underwear coming And down they're making there. bets
0: on how long it's going to take him to drown.
2: But well, then they're like, ah, we'll just let the fucking fire department get him. But then Cage is like, ah, I'll go get him. Jumps in, fucks his back up. And now, boom, cut to the doctor's office. See his spine all fucked up. He's getting prescribed pills. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, no, pills? Really, pills?
0: And he's like, well, how long do I got to take him? And his doctor's like, oh, like, the rest of your life? Indefinitely?
2: But you're good for duty. Don't worry about it. Then, boom, we cut to the fucking this scene Where he's getting awarded like a Medal of Valor or some shit for what he did for that guy. Extreme Valor. And this is where the old Texan dude from the O.C. Season 4 shows up. And I'm like, oh, that dude, cool, cool, cool. Then boom, cut to because that's the thing about this movie—it's just cutting to things. It's like, let's get let's get it chopping. It's and just let's get it popping. the
0: next scene. Let's just finish this one and move on to the next one because it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. We're
2: gonna come at you with Nick
0: Cage doing some blow in the next scene in his cop car, like right before he walks into a murder scene.
2: Brutal, five five dead children execution style,
0: and this is six months later, mind you. There's this little six months later on the bottom of the screen Oh
2: I see I didn't catch that That makes sense to me Because it makes me think he wasn't a total fucking drug addict Like he was when he first fucked his back up And fucking his back up means he needed way more drugs
0: He was still a piece of shit and I'm not talking about whether or not he was a piece of he shit. He was still like a gambling addict.
2: There's no doubt about prior it. to this. I'm talking about the the drug addict that he became throughout this movie. I don't think he was.
0: Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you that he probably was not a drug addict prior to this. But who knows? Because if he'd been dating, uh, what's her name? She seemed to be on the shit. I
2: feel like he dabbled more though. He wasn't what he became, where he was doing blow before going into a murder scene. I could be wrong, but it felt like that was an escalation because of the accident more than it was something... Yeah, he was dating
1: her before, right? Because now I think we're so. talking about it. She was the. He said his girlfriend bought him those $55 pair of underwear. Yep. So I could see her character buying him that fucking underwear. And she
0: did have that, like framed picture of him Uh, getting
2: a medal yeah
0: yeah and it seems like he was quite a bit younger in that picture so
2: no i think it was from the medal of valor we see him get here at the beginning because we see that frame oh i think it was i mean it could be from any time but i'm just saying i think this was more an escalation of his drug use i think he was recreational before and be- because of and the then physical pain, he just kind of
0: ramps it up because of the pain. That, that's of
1: course, what I mean. heard the doctor prescribe him Vicodin. I'm like, oh, he's gonna start doing coke and shit.
2: And like you said, literally next scene, cut to him ripping a fucking rail, and then he's fucking, oh yeah. Yeah, and he's just like,
0: I. Like he's just doing this right before he goes into this scene, like, and dude, he's doing it throughout the movie, just like, like getting cre- increasingly, increasing more, like, like I guess, quote unquote, ballsy with it. Well, you like, we see
2: him go to the pharmacist, and this is right at the beginning, and he freaks out on the pharmacist because she took forever to get him his prescription, and he goes back and takes it himself, and like tells the security guard to get fucked, and like,
0: yeah, the security guard's like yeah man you're not a cop and he's like yeah yeah And he shows him his gun and i'm like well anybody could just kind of have a gun and then he like flashes his badge and he's like he's like no he's like i'm gotta be somewhere fuck out of my way motherfucker
1: then the security guard was like well
2: why don't you chill out if you're a cop (laughs) yeah basically yeah what do you gotta be this wild for like (laughs) but that's when we meet michael shannon he's like bro they're like doing an audit of the of the the evidence room, and they're putting cameras and shit in. Like, I can't help you out anymore. And this is when Cage gets desperate, and he gets real desperate real quick. Yeah. So this is My- Michael
0: Shannon is the character that's been like getting him all the drugs from the, the lockup room. So he's like, he's like, all right, like at least he's had like an inside man. He hasn't had to go to the street. But now, like you're saying, he's starting to get desperate. So he just turned like he just lets his inner piece of shit out. And tr- shows kind of his true colors. Like, he's just doing whatever it takes to get the shit.
2: Well, he grabs two random people who are coming out of a club in a, par- in a parking lot. And he's like, turn out your pockets. You look like two people whose descriptions have been called in that have been selling drugs. Like, I need to see what's in your pockets. He gets what turns out to be heroin from this dude's pockets. He finds that out later. And then from the chick, he finds a crack pipe. And then he ends up smoking crack with her. And then he ends up fucking her. And he ends up shooting his gun off. Like, right in front of
0: it, like his well, like, boyfriend, say, and he boyfriend, ends up and boyfriend his... starts running away and he's all like no motherfucker you stay here and watch i'm like what the fuck is happening in this movie he was grabbing that bitch's ass too he has some weird ass dirty talk too and then like we find out later in the movie that he just like took that chick's crack pipe and been using it throughout the whole movie calling it his lucky pipe
2: honestly up to this point in the movie i was like okay this is interesting like he just totally went off the fucking rails. Where are we going from here? Like, what was this? Maybe about fifteen minutes into the movie at most of a two hour yeah, w- of about. a two hour fucking runtime.
0: See, I could see this being good pace for the movie if this movie is like an hour and a half.
2: Well, it ends up putting the brakes on later, so they don't maintain this pace, which is fine. But after coming out this hard, this is you're right though. If you're gonna slow it down, then you just got. Even if you are gonna keep this hard, cut that movie down to an hour and a fucking half. There's just but anyway
0: so then we find out that these uh murder victims like the they were a family and like the dad in the family i guess was selling heroin right so like they're trying to figure out all right well obviously someone had to have known we got to figure it out and like as much as i hate to say it but like this murder case becomes like a secondary or even like a th- like W- less lesser than a secondary storyline in this mo- in this movie.
2: No. It's no, he's pretty front and center the whole time because as he moves forward here like he's at the funeral and like the 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 mom's sisters they're like you got to solve this, you got to solve this they they go it just no, didn't but, seem but, then, important but then they to go me. to a local grocery store and they talk to the guy about you know because they heard someone could have been a, a, a witness of this and three or four other people who could have been witnesses have already turned up dead so they want to fucking find this kid and talk to him so they end up going <clears throat> they chase him down they go to the to his grandma's place of employment like she goes to a nursing home to do this old white lady's hair and he's hiding there with her and he ends up even coming out and like showing himself and being like yeah yeah i fucking saw i saw this guy uh and he names fate which is fucking exhibits shit
0: yeah he's like yeah this uh rapper was there it was him
2: then we see a guy you left off of the cast list his bookie brad Duriff. I love that guy. Yeah,
0: I almost put him Um, on. It's
2: fair that you didn't. I understand. I mean, you should have put him on there over fucking Forrest Whitaker's kid, but... (laughs) I think this movie is more about Nicolas Cage's character being a
1: dirtbag than it was about solving the murder. That's what I thought,
2: too. Because after he talks to Brad Dourif, Brad Dourif's like, oh, my kid got these fucking tickets. Can you get that taken care of? Because you owe me like $3,000 right now. Like, you need to hurry up and get that to me. But in the meantime, can you take care of this shit? So Cage just legitimately pulls up at an accident scene where someone had hit a fucking alligator. And he goes up to some random state trooper. He's like, bro, can you fix these tickets, man? Like, get this shit taken care of. And the guy's like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing here at this random accident scene? Asking me to fix tickets for you? Are you asking me to break the law, dude? Like this guy was like a a rule following, probably never done any drug in his whole life. Probably came out of the military, then became a cop kind of guy. That's what he fucking struck me as. Cage comes out there in a fucking—he's in his uniform with his hat. Cage comes out there in a suit, clearly fucking high on something. He's like with his
0: gun (laughs) just in his like hip line. Just, like, you're not yeah. holstered at all throughout the entire movie. Dude, that bothered me so hard throughout this movie.
2: It it made so much sense for his character. It didn't fucking bother me that much, but it was ridiculous. But that's where we meet Faruza Balt, because she also happens to be a cop there. And she's like, bro, why didn't you just come to me? I would have definitely fixed these tickets for you, but also you need to fuck me first. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't because he does too much heroin. That's yeah, like he's he a passes fucking out. Heroin.
0: Well, and then he finds out like that she's working in one of those like uh, like loot rooms. I forgot what it they're like called. Property,
1: or something. property, I like the evidence room. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I
2: don't think she's working there. I think he's just asking her to go to her guy there and get him to hook up.
1: Yeah, because she's like she's in her fucking panties and bra trying to fucking get on him and she's like oh there's something i can do about your back pain he's like yeah there is you can and go she's find like, oh, yeah. these fucking drugs
2: yeah and she's like you've got to be fucking kidding me and then he it's just passes there. out yeah it's implied there that that's just the end of that because then we he's talking to his bookie later and he's like sorry bro i couldn't get that ticket care ticket taken care of for you um i'll talk to someone later don't worry about it <laughs>
0: And he's all like dude that's what I thought you were doing He's like you owe me three grand You need to fucking take care of this shit
2: Well this is where we find out he's hallucinating and shit too Because he shows up at this stakeout Outside of one of the three suspects houses And there's he sees these two iguanas on a coffee table And he says to Val Kilmer Why the fuck are there iguanas here on my coffee table And Val Kilmer's like What are you talking about bro There's no iguanas here
1: Well then he pushes the one and he's like no they're right there And then like I didn't think that was anything until, like, way later, which I won't spoil yet.
2: But well, then just like, before.
1: But if I fucking told you, if you were like, do those iguanas, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then you went and, like, S- thought you smacked one of them when there wasn't one there. I'd been like, dude. <laughs> like, they do the weird camera fucking thing. They do it with the alligator at the car wreck. And I was they do the ch- same thing with the iguanas.
2: I was going to jump to that and say they do that camera angle I think it's only those two times in the movie First at the alligator outside the accident And then again here After he points out the iguanas Then there's this weird even like Closer upper angle of them just like And
0: there's always just like Like lo- like you see the people in the background And they're all looking out like the window And, and only talking. Nick Cage is looking At the iguanas and he's just like Got this stupid look on his face like Like he's just like uh like like smiling like weirdly at them is is hilarious.
1: Unless Val Kilmer since he was talking to Val
2: Kilmer, maybe Val Kilmer knew what was going on, I was like
1: Alright, whatever.
2: I think that's it. I think Val Kilmer's worked with this dude long enough and he's a dirty enough cop that or he's probably seen other cops unravel like this too he's like it ain't my fucking business this dude's getting in his own shit like i'm i've got my own shit going we find out later he's a bigger scumbag than almost anyone just oh yeah to he wants the kill exhibit so it, it's not surprising that he's like brushing this off for now especially in that room maybe i'll maybe i'll bring it up later maybe we'll talk about this in private but i don't think he even gives a shit
1: I mean, he was hallucinating the alligator.
2: That might have been it. The The one that was like the camera angle on. Not not the dead one yeah. on the road that was fucking twitching. Yeah. So.
0: It's funny because up until this point in the movie, we haven't even been introduced to Exhibit. This is where Exhibit gets introduced. Not
2: quite yet. Because they introduce some other characters first. He goes out to his dad's house.
0: Oh, Jeremiah, good husband. Well, the
2: ADA. Well, yeah. With the we meet him too, but then we also meet. What sort of fucking name is good husband? Weird names every day that are very real in my line of work. I didn't even question Jeremiah, good
0: I definitely did.
2: That's a very real name. So that's the one thing I thought about. Like
1: when he was, he was like the assistant district attorney, mm-hmm. and at one point, Nicholas Cage calls just calls him lawyer. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm the fucking ADA. I,
2: I yeah, because the ADA does just kind of go get out of my office, get out, and the other dude drags them out.
1: Yeah, like if you're in that position. You would not let some fucking cop talk to you like that.
2: Unless you're sitting there like you're thinking in your head like he's not wrong. It sucks, but there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to let him just get it out of his system. Like and you just sit back and avoid. Maybe he's maybe he's a very humble man like our our main host Chucky B here. He's a good husband. Yeah. He's a very good know. husband. He's a good
0: husband and he's a humble lawyer.
2: So we find out there that the kid's important, and if he's not there or he's dead, then they have no case. So, like, we got to keep him safe. Then Cage shows up at his dad's house, and I didn't think we we're going to meet the dad. He brought the dad up earlier, and all of a sudden we meet the dad, we meet the stepmom, and we meet the dog that he needs to take from them to take care of it. But he's just going to pawn it off on, on Eva Mendez.
0: Yeah. And then I was questioning why this whole. Dog storyline was even there, but I guess it was really only there to introduce the mobsters that the guy earlier mentioned, the yeah guy mentioned was gonna come get him when he's like, Oh, you fucked up now, bro.
2: I don't, you don't even need the dog for that, like, you don't really need the dog for anything from what I can tell.
0: Yeah, there was just, and that's why I was like, I felt like there was too much added bullshit into this movie for what was already
2: i guess it explains why he has to quote unquote has to go to biloxi with the kid and the dog because she doesn't get back from biloxi in time which is where the rich guy is beating her up and he's like i can't take care of this dog but what i can do is drive all the way to biloxi with the dog it wouldn't make sense to just stay home with it i need to drive way out of the way with it to give it to her and this is where the movie fell apart for me like this is right. It slowed down a lot. It felt well, he had like, to pick her up. and it just got fucking bad. What? No, he wasn't gonna pick her. He had up. to
0: pick her up. He didn't
2: have to pick her up. She went out there on her own. She was supposed to come back. Yeah,
0: but she she didn't come back. And then she got a hold of him. And he's like, "All right, I'll come pick you up."
2: Oh, that's right. She called the the police department. The police department. But beforehand, fate comes in, and you almost brought this up earlier. Exhibit shows up and turns himself in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like, And that's where it was like, oh, we're just now meeting this character
2: So then he takes the kid on the road trip with the dog to go to Ava Mendez The kid sees him doing drugs on the way So he's like, this motherfucker's out of his mind too Like, I need to get out yeah. of here as soon as possible Because I can't trust this fucking cop <clears throat> So after we meet the rich guy that fucking caged fleeces the Whoa, whoa, whoa We've already covered, oh yeah, oh yeah The kid runs away Like Cage leaves the kid alone with Ava He asks Ava if he can go to the bathroom And then that kid fucking bolts Yeah he's
0: just like getting the fuck out of here And then Nick Cage Shows up back at that nursing home To question Grandma And the old lady And he's just shaving Behind the door (laughs) (laughs) And like He's like questioner and yeah, like I'm like, what the fuck? And and Johnny Spade's like, is he fucking shaving?
2: Oh, very much so. That was that was really funny. He looked like he was totally strung out too.
0: Oh yeah. And he's like, like hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've slept like an hour and a half over the last three days.
2: Sounds about right. <laughs>
0: And then he's like, he withholds oxygen from that one woman. Of
2: the old white lady, he fucking takes her oxygen out of her mouth or out of her nose and like clamps it off. He's like, tell me where your fucking grandson is or this bitch might die and they're going to blame it on you. And if they don't blame it on you, they're not going to believe. I don't know. Just do it. And then he pulls his gun out. And even after she gives up the information, he's like, I should kill you. You guys are why this country's going south.
0: Oh, yeah, he flips out on him.
2: Well little does he know this old white lady is the mother of a congressman, so that comes back to bite him in the fucking dick.
0: Well, I mean it doesn't it doesn't.
2: Okay. We're gonna get to why the it doesn't really fucking pisses me off in the end. Which also the fucking oh yeah
1: guy that roughed up the hooker said his brother was uh was it his brother or his dad or something? His dad was like the real estate guy who was yeah, friends I'm with the biggest Gulf Coast fucking real estate thing and then was
2: friends with uh, somebody else cops like and a shit. mobster or something like, like well the... they also had mob involved too like people were fucking they were all of a sudden it becomes like a Cohen brothers movie where there's like three or four people coming after the main guy you know what i mean but it didn't feel it, all of this just felt like we're going to start tacking all this shit out of the middle of the movie let's get all these things coming at him at him at once i don't know where
0: yeah i would agree with that and that's when like his bookie comes down to the police station too and he's like just waiting for him there. And he's all like, Oh hey dad, like did you get those flowers? Blah blah blah. Then his book, he's like And he's like, Don't fucking dad me. He's like, you owe me fucking five grand,
2: motherfucker. Like when are you gonna pay me, bitch? Oh no, this is when Frankie calls the precinct. She didn't call earlier. I was right on this. She didn't call earlier. He just ran out there with the dog this is where they she called because the mobsters are at her hotel. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're at her hotel. And oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. So there's yeah. two guys there with the dog. And then there's the main guy who's sitting on the couch who's got Ava sitting on his lap. And he's basically like, you took 10000 from my boy. So now you owe me 50000 And my boys want to fuck your girl. So that shit's going to go down. And Cage ends up buying a couple of days on all of those terms
1: see this is one of the points in the movie that popped up where i was like oh i want to see where this is going you're getting some mob dudes involved they want 50 grand from him and he's got to figure out how the fuck he's gonna get 50 grand in two days plus they want to fuck his girl
2: which he's got an interesting solution for getting money in in real quickly and he knows that it's going to be real interesting because he goes and he drops frankie off over at his fucking dad's place at least that's his idea to start but then his stepmom, like, goes through her bag. Isn't that at this point?
0: Finds all of her drugs, and then they go at it. She's all like, I'm going to dump your drugs out. And she's dumping her drugs, and it's like, "It's like I won't even stand to talk to my mom like this. You think I'm going to stand let this bitch talk to me like this? And Nick Cage is like, chill out, chill out. It's just a couple of days. I need to fucking buy us some time. Let me go tell you this Silver Spoon story right quick so I can leave and try to just have some people
2: give me some drugs but before he leaves public identity or whatever the fuck public affairs is called in this they fucking show up at his his dad's house and they're like oh hey by the way this rich dude's dad worked down the chain and now you're totally fucked yeah yeah they say you keep
1: fucking with the wrong people
2: yeah the thing that you did before sucked but it wasn't high enough up the chain to totally fuck you but this this shit right here with this rich kid like not only is the mob coming after you because that which they don't say but that's what's happening but also we're coming after you for that because these connections so go fuck yourself and i'm like holy shit this like what's going on
1: yeah and they're like give us your gun and then you need to call a delegate because you're fucking what they were changing what his fucking duty was or whatever
2: oh yeah they were definitely trying to fuck him up big time so this is when he enacts his plan to get that money he goes over to fates right because he knows fate and his boys are out on this murder but he's like i can use them we find out later this is this big old plan i can use these motherfucker he's like i'll give you all the dirt all the info on your shipments when you can be there when you need to be there like you'll be in the clear you won't ever get caught, and I got you protected. I want 15K of shipment, though. And I need that, like, right now, and that ends up working, apparently, kind of.
1: This is when they put him on, like, duty in the evidence room.
0: Yeah, and he steals like that nine grams from those. Because he's like, sitting
1: there looking at all the cameras and trying to see if he can figure out how to sneak around the cameras. He's like,
0: oh, this the scale doesn't work. See?
1: Like, <laughs> check it out.
0: And he's just like,
1: yeah, hitting it. Totally reminding me of Al Pacino in the scene.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, so I forgot to bring this up. This right around this point in the movie, where he, like, earlier when he lost it on the, the lawyer or whatever, he started doing an accent that he wasn't doing in the first half of the movie. And it's his Pacino impression, it feels like. He wasn't doing it. It felt like at some point in this, he was like, okay, I need to show that I've snapped. And that's when he starts doing the Al Pacino impression. And it went way too over the top for me. Because I had written down before, like, his posture that he takes throughout the movie, because his back is fucked up, like, the way he walks and shit, he does a really good job of that. Well, he puts the Al Pacino accent in there. I'm out. I'm, I'm.
1: Dude, he's like the way he moves now. He's like Al Pacino. The way he talks, like the little accent he's trying to be Al Pacino, and like the way he's like stops his sentences is like Al Pacino.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is where he goes into that restaurant and he goes up to exhibit and he's like, "All right, so you're gonna come outside with me, or else I'm gonna oh. bust you ass and handcuff you and walk you out."
2: Yeah. He sets up the deal where he'll get fifteen K shipment.
0: They're driving around like he finds those two cops again and he's like, Oh, he's like he's like, uh, the scale's working. I just fucking weighed everything out and everything. He's like, here it is, if you guys want to sign it. And they're like, Oh, I thought it was gonna be more than that and he's like, Well, I mean, he's like, I'll wait again if you want. We're like, No, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's enough we can get for the felony still. So And the cage's like, Alright, cool, he's like, So what are you guys doing today? they're like oh yeah we're gonna go bust this motherfucker over here and so he lets fucking exhibit know, and then like they're driving around and exhibits cadillac and fucking the one dude that they already brought in for questioning i think his name was what midget and he's all like yeah he's like they just busted one
2: of these dudes over here and exhibits like all right nick cage you're telling the truth You describing this part of the movie is putting me to sleep like this part of the movie put me to sleep.
0: Well, because this this part of the movie was really bad.
2: Well, he jumps up and he does the dumbest fucking thing he's done after he gets dropped off. He sees this guy who he apparently recognizes as a big star college football player for Louisiana buying some fucking drugs. And he goes up and he busts him. He's like, yeah, I'll let you out if you fucking throw the game that you're in. You're in this fucking, like, bowl game coming up or whatever. Throw that shit, bitch. I need you to...
1: Said either win by five or a lose outright, yeah.
2: Something like this. You need to cover my spread that I have here, or I will fucking bust you and turn you in on this. And I was like, I don't think you can, like, delay arrest a person like that. I don't think you can come back, like, after a couple days and be like, oh, shit, police, buddies, by the way, I busted this guy with weed. I guess you just plan it on him the next time he pulls him over, so what am I even saying? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Nick Cage is a super dirty cop in this movie. But
2: this angle, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy is talking to a fucking top college football draft prospect star, and he's trying to bribe him into throwing a game. Come on, man! And he
0: got—he's just a gambling addict too. I mean, like this just shows his gambling, like, and like he needs that money I think more
2: than anything. It shows how far down the drug addiction hole he was yeah it's like
1: in this movie like every 20 minutes they show him being a bigger piece of shit
2: oh it gets consistently worse and worse until he quote-unquote redeems himself at the end
1: because he was about to fuck this kid out of getting in the nfl draft and the kid was like i was gonna buy my mama a house and he's like well you better throw this fucking game or she didn't say goodbye going to the fucking nfl and buying your mama a fucking house yep Oh, yeah. Just because I want to
2: win this fucking bet. So he runs his first job with Fate and all them boys. He gets his money, and he goes into, well, after, like, threatening Fate at gunpoint to get his money right now, not in a couple of days...
0: Oh, yeah, that was weird.
2: Again, it just shows how far down the fucking rabbit hole he's gone. And they all laugh about it, too. I'm like, why are you guys
1: laughing about it I now?
2: think you're dealing with a bunch of psychopaths who respect yeah. the shit. If I was Fate, I would be like, kill this motherfucker right now. But, but he's also helping Fade out, so you ride that line. I feel like the idea is in that world. You ride the line of craziness, because if this cop's going to keep helping you out and making your life easier, then you're going to keep working with it ends up not working out for fate very well in the end but after he gets paid he goes into brad durough and he's like bro here's 5k to cover my debts here's another 5k on louisiana for that fucking spread or whatever let's do this goddamn thing he's just stuffing these bands down his dude, shirt
0: dude, and and uh his bookie's all like dude how the fuck did you get this money
2: don't fucking worry about it
0: he's like he's like yeah don't worry about it man i got connects
2: well he goes looking for Frankie at his dad's house But apparently she went to rehab or some shit
0: Yeah she's going to AA With her dad and then Oh that's
2: right that's right he's like I got this uncut coke You wanna fucking do some right now And she's like oh, no I'm going to a meeting with your dad Maybe after
0: She's and she, He's like oh you're for real He's like just make sure you cut it with something Because we don't know how strong it is yet And she's like nah nah she's like I definitely Want to do it I just can't go right before I go to this meeting
2: well, this is when some shit pops off over at Fate's house, though, because he goes back over and he's like smoking crack with him. Oh well, yeah, Fate like drops this shotgun down from underneath his desk, which I was like, "Ooh, that's some slick shit right there!" Like,
1: oh, I was thinking Tombstone because
2: I haven't Tombstone. That's right. Well, that's right. This why- is where I
0: thought the movie was going to be coming to an abrupt end, and Nick Cage was going to get got here. That's what I was thinking. Oh was no!
2: Happen. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Not like this. It wouldn't.
0: It, yeah, I don't know why they would kill him right there.
2: And we ends up getting up right away and walking over to that side of the desk He's smoking crack. He takes out his lucky crack pipe, which is just the crack pipe he stole from the woman in the parking lot earlier, and plants his evidence later. After after yeah. fate hits it, but wouldn't fate also have it that the fucking goon squad showed up? right here at fade's house because they followed him from the hotel when he went to get some of fucking ava's shit from there
0: yeah and this is where he's like hey man he's like nick cage owes me a shitload of money i'm just here to fucking collect because he hasn't paid up and my boys are supposed to be able to fuck his girl and they haven't been able to do that either and fucking exhibits all like man that's not good news nick can't be going back on your deals like that. Tastes- and Nick's like, hey, man, here's a bunch of, like, heroin or cocaine or whatever it is. That it was his cut. Exhibits dealing. I, th-
2: I feel like it was cocaine, but it could have been heroin. But it's uncut. And Cage is like, here's my cut of it for you. We're good.
0: Yeah, he's like, this is, this is more than 50 grand. And, like, homeboy picks it up. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I want it all. I'm too old. I can't retire. I'm stuck doing this shit. He's like now i just have to take he's like i would have you know years ago been like yeah i'm just gonna take my piece of the pie but he's like now i gotta take the whole fucking tables pie so fucking bag it up boys and then exhibits like nah fuck that and then he shoots them and everybody gets shot i mean like not exhibits crew but
2: No, they're they're Uh, all. My favorite part about thinking about that is three goons who get murdered, or on whatever drugs I guess they're doing before they walked in that room. But I know for sure Fate and that crew are all high on crack right now. Well, this is going on. Oh, yeah. So thinking about it through that lens, like these dudes come in to kill them. They're all fucked up on crack, and then they just have a gun battle in Fate's living room. (laughs) And they all survive. They shoot the head goon's soul as it's breakdancing.
0: Oh yeah, cause yeah, I wrote that down. Like Nick Cage is like shoot him again. His soul is still dancing. Well, he's
2: hallucinating, and this is when the iguanas come back too, when they're crawling. Yeah, this is when they show they
1: show the guy fucking dancing with his dead body sitting there. And then I'm like, wait, so was the iguana thing
2: him actually fucking hallucinating?
0: And, uh, yeah. Then I was like, wait, were those crocodiles even
2: really there? The iguanas weren't... I think the, the, the alligator that got hit in the road was real. That accident was real. The one that we saw with the weird camera angle was not. And the iguanas at the stakeout were not. And the soul and the iguanas here are not. That's all straight up Nick Cage's <laughs> drug-addled brain. You even
1: hallucinate on heroin or coke? I think it's I a think combination so. of everything that no he's
2: idea. doing and a lack of sleep. The lack of sleep, I think, uh, really the, comes into play. Yeah, I think the play. sleep
0: deprivation is actually more to do with it. Well, than the drugs I, are
2: I mean. what are causing him to have a totally out of whack sleep schedule. And yeah, then you start just seeing things. And you're on a whole bunch of fucking drugs that are taking you up and down. And sideways, like, I couldn't imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, this guy is just living an insane life right now. With a now. gun
2: tucked into his waistband the whole time.
0: And then this is where we get to, like, what I think is one of the best scenes in the entire movie, but it also makes no sense that Nicolas Cage's piece-of-shit character should get this fucking lucky.
2: And it's so ridiculous, because all of it... Is in one scene just oh by the way oh by the way oh by the Everything. way oh by the way like like a like a sitcom or something. Well, and
0: Spade had even said it was like uh like what did you say? It was, it was like a,
2: like he's dreaming. Yeah, that's what it felt like. So then because it was one right after another. Well, I guess there's an argument to be made for is the the idea that maybe this movie is just a big old hallucination from his brain at some point and none of it even really happened. No. Why not though because Chavez just kind of shows up In a perfect book like maybe he died at one Point and the rest of it is just some weird Or he goes into a coma or some shit one of those Weird kind of theories I'm trying to Find a way to enjoy what they gave me here Okay maybe I'm missing something I don't know because it feels very dreamlike For a lot of the movie especially In the second half I mean it would
1: be Nice but they don't really give you anything To point you in that direction no I feel Like this was the
0: only part Of the movie that really felt like that and it was just because everything wrapped up so conveniently beautiful for him, like, all at once. Like, what, the the one dude is just waiting for there, right? The, the woo man. So he's just waiting for him there. And he's like, oh, man, he's like, he's like, you know, you don't have to, like, come for me. He's like, I know those three guys kind of just, like, disappeared.
2: A.K.A. I know they got murdered. And
0: if you had anything to do with that, like, complaint withdrawn.
2: Oh, it's really funny because I said I didn't remember that phrase. I wrote down here on my sheet, "We're good. Complaint is withdrawn." Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) So I literally wrote the words down, but didn't remember them.
0: And then, like, literally, as that guy's leaving the bookie, walks in, and and Nick Cage's like, "Dude, I paid you. Like, I don't like. We're good." And and he's like, oh, did you not watch the end oh, of that no. game?
2: He thought that he was coming to collect on him because he would have lost at least the five yeah, like k. Twenty four to like, nothing. I feel like he probably would owed money somehow.
0: No, I, I don't think he owed anymore because he just put the money down.
2: I guess that's true. He had paid him up and was like, "Here's another five k on top of it."
0: Yeah, he's all. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" He's like, "He's like, uh." i already paid you for this bet like he's like did you not catch the end of that game like you got paid he did out. a bunch of
2: heroin when he was chilling with his stepmom and he fell asleep during the game but then the kid guy's also like oh by the way those tickets got taken care of too so Feruza Balt came through in the end and made those speeding tickets yeah. go away
0: yeah because he's like he's like thank you thank you thank you and then yeah right as he's leaving fucking old boy comes in he's like look what we got the crack pipe with exhibits dna all over it
2: and then he goes to his dad's house and gives the sterling silver spoon like bringing back that story earlier and i'm like listen motherfuckers when y'all were telling that story earlier i knew that it's so you could I do it didn't again. give a but fuck no but that's why i didn't give a fuck about it's like i know this is coming back into play later whether he gets it or he doesn't get it like this silver spoon's coming up again it didn't fit with the flow of the movie for it to not come up again later and sure enough they yeah. have had a weird scene which doesn't make any fucking sense where he gives her the spoon and she's like cool you gave me like a dirty old spoon
1: I thought she was in rehab. That's though.
2: what confused me. Like it was a day or two before. It's a dreamlike feeling that still continued on because I thought the same thing. I'm like, she's supposed to be in rehab. But at this point, I'm like, I don't even. None of it makes any fucking sense. So I'm just going to roll with it. Dude,
1: unless, like, the fish in the beginning and then the aquarium thing and the fish dream thing is supposed to be something. Well,
2: when he. See, I guess we did leave out when he was looking at the crime scene earlier, there was in the beginning there was a fish in a little fish one of the kids that was killed had written like a poem about it that was like the fish watches everything i do It, it wasn't that ominous it was more like a guardian angel sort of thing right is what it felt like at least from what i remember and he's i don't know he doesn't like take the fish or anything he just looks at it and then puts it back
0: yeah and then and then at the end he
2: well this is where they go and set up fate And they go to arrest him afterwards, and Val Kilmer's like, let's kill the bitch, and Cage is like, No, I'm gonna redeem myself. We're not gonna go that far. It's all within earshot.
1: Like, all these cops
2: are still leaving
1: the room, and he's like, let's kill this guy. He's like, like, here,
2: put this gun on the table, we'll just kill him.
0: No one needs to know. He was reaching for the gun.
2: But again, it's something that doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like it's actually happening because of that. Like, they're really accelerating that feeling of, oh, shit. But Cage stops him from doing it. And then we cut to one year later, and we're back to an awards ceremony, and he's getting promoted to captain. Bad cap, bad captain.
0: And yeah, Captain Cokehead.
2: And Ava Mendez is pregnant.
0: That everybody has gotten clean.
2: Yes, because someone comes up, and you never know with addicts, with especially the Yeah, and they're like, "No, we'll stick with our sparkling or whatever." And yes, Ava's pregnant, so we definitely believe she's gone sober. And the
0: mom and dad are drinking the sparkling water. So, well,
2: Stifler's mom looks better than when she was earlier yeah. in the movie, so it's like okay, the dad She looks too. clean at least. And I didn't like catch it well enough, but that was my thought process. And I'm like, Ava wrote down, "Like, oh shit, are they all clean now? Like, is everything good?" We find out he's working nights, though, so he goes out, and we get, like, a shot-for-shot remake of when he fucking fleeced down that couple outside the club in the beginning of the movie when he first went off the rails, and he goes, and we don't really see what happens outside of he's doing the same shit again, and they cut to him in the hotel room with a big old bag of drugs. Yeah, it was huge. And I'm like, well, that's, well, I was like, that's not what he just took off of them, is it? There's no way they came out of the club with that unless I'm supposed to believe they were actually there selling drugs like the first this time it was real
0: yeah I, I guess it could have been
2: again it's that dream i think it's more like a dreamlike sort of fucking quality
0: yeah and this is where where chavez comes in he's like oh man he's like you saved my life he's like he's like you let me out of that cage and you let me live and he's like i got off drugs i'm year clean um you know i've been working he's like hey he's like i'm here for you man and the cage is like fish dream man huh
1: yeah and they're adding a Aquarium and then they're, yeah, they're just surrounded by sharks.
0: Yeah, it was just all of a sudden there.
1: So that could be fish watching them. And then there's sharks, too. It's
0: just, I don't know.
1: Damn it. Fucking JT Money has got me thinking harder about this movie than I think I need to.
2: I, but that's the thing. It's because of the director it is that I'm giving it that kind of weight. And I'm trying to put it together in my head now. Because I didn't think this hard about it. It's the nature of 50 Randy Quaid's, though. We watch a movie, boom, go into review. Like, I finished this movie maybe an hour before we sat down to do this, right? So I don't really have time to process it. And as we're talking about it, I'm trying to process it more. And I'm liking it more the more I'm giving the credence of he died when he jumped into the water at the beginning to save that guy. Boom, dead. After that, everything is just, some, or maybe not dead, went into a coma. Like, you know how that shit can happen, right? Like, I don't know, maybe... But everything after that is just this wild fucking fever dream, and none of it's real. It's just what's happening like in his subconscious or something. I, I, I really don't know. But I'm just trying to find a way to like this more than I did.
1: Cause he's a piece of shit to have all of this shit just go right for him. Plus, he was getting investigated for the shit he did to that congresswoman or congressman's mom. That all just fell apart, and they're like, "Oh, we're not going to pursue this anymore."
2: Well, why? Here's what I'm thinking. I thought this when I was watching the movie too. Why would the public, uh, the uh, public affairs dudes or whatever show up at his dad's house when he's there. Why wouldn't they show up at his house? Were they following him there? Like that, They never it even didn't make showed his
1: house, though, did they? Where he lives? Yeah, they never showed where he yeah, lives. I don't think they ever showed it.
0: They him.
2: showed Ava Mendez's place and
1: they showed his parents' place.
2: That's interesting. You're right. I don't think they do show where he lives at all. They show the house that apparently him and Ava Mendez are sharing at the end they of like the movie. Bought, yeah, yeah, when they buy that house or whatever.
0: Assume, like, we can assume that they buy that house.
2: You're right. They don't show where he lives the whole fucking time because he just keeps going to her house or his dad's house or work.
0: And that's when this movie just kind of abruptly ends. Yeah. He says, Do fish
1: dream? And then that scene goes on way too long. And then it showed you like. And then he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) Then he laughs. (laughs) And then it's over.
0: Yep. And so that's going to bring us to the rating portion of the podcast where we're going to rate the movie Bad Lieutenant. Port of Car, New Orleans, on a 50 Randy Quaid's grading scale.
2: I'm super surprised by the IMDb score on this. It's a lot higher than I would expect, having seen the score to a lot of other movies that I thought were much better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Because IMDb rates of Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, 33 out of a possible 50 Randy Quaid's.
2: Now keep in mind that it's still just the 66%. It's not great.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, the interesting
1: thing is, though, from like doing this podcast a lot and seeing these IMDb scores, whenever I like when you look through am- our movies on Amazon, it'll give you the IMDb rating and it'd be like a six or a seven. I'm like, that's pretty fucking good for IMDb. Like, right? I agree with you
2: there.
0: And so we're going to start with our. Season 7 super guest
2: Hold on, Chuck you, you don't want to explain how the rating scale works? Oh, well, how- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah We'll we'll explain it for any of our brand new listeners In case you haven't been around for episodes 1 through 130
2: Or anyone who doesn't know how numbers and ratings work in general Because yeah, it's pretty yeah. basic
0: Because you could have also came anywhere in between Just like our rating scale So number 1 is the worst, obviously, right? 1 Randy Quaid's terrible We don't do Randy zeros Quaid's- here the best, obviously, the best rating you can get in this show. And 2 to 49 is literally anywhere in between. And like we already said, IMDb 33, we will start with Super Guest Host of the Year, Johnny Spade.
1: Ah, oh, shit, I don't even fucking know. Now I'm thinking too much about this, and maybe there is more to the movie than I think there is. Doubtful. Fuck, I don't know, I'm going on the, on the fly here. I'm going to give it a Michael Jordan, a 23. That sounds about right. I had some parts that really piqued my interest, and sometimes this movie really piddled around, but Evan Mendez is hot. Smoke show. I agree with that. Billy Valancourt's all right. Nick Cage being Al Pacino
2: was killing me. I Um, like, (laughs) as much as I hated it, I did also love seeing Nick Cage go off the rails like that. Have you ever seen Always Sunny? Yes. Yes. Do you know, you know the meme?
1: You know the meme, the Carol meme. Like you see the meme all the time, where it's the fucking all the shit. It's Charlie Day in front right of now. the
2: board at the post yeah. office. The conspiracy board. Like
1: the mail. Yeah, that scene from Always Sunny, and the scene where he was in the room, like, oh, the scale's broken. I'm like. I was thinking of that scene. It completely reminded me of that fucking scene. It was like,
2: there is no Carol in HR. He, yeah, he went totally off the rails. Very much like Charlie Day does when he's huffing glue and shit. Eating cat food.
0: <laughs> eating cat food.
2: So would you
0: suggest that our listeners go out of their way to catch
2: Bad Lieutenant, Point of Call? I don't like how you frame Dollars. it as go out of their way. You don't generally do that. I mean, we're switching it up. At this point in time, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Will
0: you go out of your way to watch this movie again? No, but I'm going to Google some shit now. (laughs) I'm
1: going to Google myself, too. I'm also guessing you wouldn't buy this movie. Oh, no.
0: Oh,
2: no. No, no, for
0: sure.
1: I don't really buy most movies anymore. I rent that shit.
0: All right, JT. How about the...
2: I'm coming in at a 22. Please don't ever say that again either. I came into this at probably before, before we started talking about this. I was down at a 12. I'm not going to lie. But talking about it and starting to think like maybe there's more to it. Whether there is or isn't. Made me really enjoy talking about the movie. Which went a long way. And makes me think if I went back and watched it again I'd enjoy it a lot more. I don't know if I'm going to test that theory at a two hour runtime, But I'm going to consider watching this again. Thinking already in my head like okay. Let's try and find a point in time where it makes sense that this would just become crazy-ass dream logic. And how does it happen? And does it hold weight? Is it supposed to be this weird? I'm probably going to do what you're doing here, Johnny Spade. And <laughs> Google some shit. But I don't know. Is there going to be a lot out there about this?
1: I don't know. i I've n- probably a wiki or something. Or some bad lieutenant explained.
2: People get weird about people. And I know Werner Herzog is definitely one of those directors that has like a following. Has a fan base. Oh, so there yeah, might there's be people- probably something there. It wouldn't surprise me if there is. I just feel like there has to be more to this than meets the eye. It's just whether or not that makes it any better, I don't know. But the fact that it's got me this intrigued thinking back on it made me give it like that 10-point jump. Because most movies, if I don't like them and I walk away from it, we talk about it afterwards, I still don't fuck them. I'm not thinking twice about whether or not this could have been better than I thought it was. But this one makes me give that thought. So I'm going to give it the, the benefit of the doubt and i might even go higher if i watch it again and like it i don't know so i wouldn't recommend this to anyone let's just go with that like i don't i don't know i will watch it because it's
1: two hours that has a big part of why i wouldn't fucking tell somebody to watch huge
2: exact that's a big time commitment to make for something that's a question mark um i think at some point i will end up watching it again just with a different frame of mind but even if i like it then i don't see myself Adding it to my collection.
1: Maybe you have to mix coke and heroin and watch this movie.
2: I'm just not interested in doing that. That's the thing. Like, I don't have that kind of desire to enjoy this movie that much. So 22, and I'm going to call it right there. Let's move on to you, Chucky B.
0: So I, like you, seem to be more intrigued with this movie after talking about it. But I remember watching it. And I remember going... Is the implication there that I don't remember watching it? (laughs) No, no, it's not that. It's just that I don't want to lose that feeling that I had. Just because I'm more intrigued with... The fact that we were able to talk about it And now I've got some different ideas about it And I still go No I didn't enjoy watching this But to
2: go in Not to say that you're necessarily going to enjoy it To go back But to go in and watch a movie with a different frame of mind Than you had going into it Can often totally change Because I went in expecting something different Than after we're talking about it I think it might have been So the problem might have been I didn't have the right fucking frame of mind Going into what I was watching To really know what it was I was seeing Does that mean if I go back with that frame of reference It'll make it better? Probably not Maybe not but I won't forget How much I didn't fucking like it When I was done watching it initially
0: All I know is that Because of how I, It just did not seem like A cohesive movie In my first watch And then With with that fucking Like this conversation Afterwards it makes me second guess Some of like like the thoughts i've had on this movie well, i'm just like you know what no this movie's fucking trash like i did not like the majority of it some parts of it i was like this is really interesting i want to see where they go with this but then they add on like 50 different fucking things and they just bog down the good with so much shit the only real cool consistent parts were fucking nick cage freaking out and like jt money had said Like, halfway through the... And and Johnny Spade, like, halfway through the movie, he kind of just, like, shifts characters. So, like, that's kind of interesting. But... And then, like, that end scene at the movie where, like, everything just kind of comes up Nick Cage. And you're like, this just doesn't seem possible.
2: But that's what what really got me going. Like, this has to have more to it because there's no way that that's written for me to be something that I just am supposed to buy as reality. There's no way. It's way too much, like... Even though the tone of this movie was weird in its own way, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. So I think I'm supposed to look at that and go, what's going on here? This is not actually happening.
0: I'm going to stick with my original rating and give this an 11. I do not want to watch it again. I will not watch it again. I will not recommend it. I would think that the majority of people don't even know this movie exists, and I don't want to ruin their mind and let them know that this does exist.
1: I'd like to point out that we watched this movie on Blu-ray. And it had a nice little thing in the build-up to the main menu of the movie. Where it was a Suicide Girl fucking advertisement thing. And it was pretty fucking nice. So if you are going to watch this movie. And you don't mind finding it on Blu-ray. Get it on Blu-ray. And see some nice tatted girls in their skin. Or I don't know what to fucking call it. Some If you know what Suicide Girls is. Then you know. Then it. boom. Oh yeah
2: oh baby you know there's reddit there's apparently a reddit thread right here about bad lieutenant theories so we can crack oh, this shit. open right now not right now i'm recording oh, but like i'm gonna see if there's but i'm just saying like apparently there's some shit anyway so
0: i think with that
2: <laughs> hold on before th- th- i'm not gonna read any more now but this one starts out let me say that this movie is great
0: <laughs> disagree kind sir
2: that's where we're starting from but anyway i'm sorry
0: but I think that we can all agree that you can catch all of our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, 50RandyQuades.com. Um, you can also subscribe and uh, you know like our show. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, it is going to be episode 132,
2: Batman Returns. I like that there's a thirty two in there. That's like one of my all time favorite numbers.
0: As yeah, in three, uh, like one of them too.
2: Three is the the number one. Oh nice, yeah. You know that's right. Michael Keaton, Danny, Michelle, Fi- Mi- Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. That's to me. I'm gonna talk a lot Great about movie. Michelle Pfeiffer when we get to this movie. Um, Christopher is very important. Uh, never forget him in this. Never movie. forget. This a
0: very the Christopher Walken stars in this movie.
2: <laughs> He's, I don't know about stars. He's I would in say it.
0: stars. I was purposely. telling no. Chucky B earlier that
1: I watched a Danny DeVito thing where he was going over like all the roles he's done. He said he loved being the fucking penguin. He said he loves roles where he gets to put on masks and shit.
2: And this was all out. 1992, I think it came out. And he's in all out makeup and like body prosthetics and. I, the fact that it's what I love the most about this particular movie. We'll get to it later. I'm gonna big up it right now because I love it so much. Is it's more cartoony. It embraces the fact the ridiculous over the top nature that some of the Batman comics can have that most Batman movies don't. Touch.
0: I remember seeing it the first... in theaters.
2: Mm, oh, absolutely. I don't think
0: I did see it in theaters. Uh,
2: I know I didn't see the first one because I was like four when it came out, but I definitely remember seeing the second one.
0: Yeah, because the first one came out in what '89.
2: 89,
1: yeah It was me, my brother, and my dad saw it
2: Anyway, yeah, fucking show out for JT Money's pick of Batman Returns Yeah, this, dope that, that
0: episode will definitely be more encapsulating of the uh, 50 Club part of our season 7
2: Oh yeah, spoiler, I'm gonna give it a 50 <laughs> <laughs> But, until next time,
0: we watch movies so you don't have to Peace, Peace out, out.